Right on. Matter of fact, we're going to roll this thing probably through the rest of this month because it's just been fun, you know? At least, go, so I asked them, I said, can you put a date on it? And they actually have a slide somewhere, I don't know if we have it today, where this 223 turns into a question mark. So just don't know. Those of you that are used to being a part of a church where you always know exactly what's going on, oh no. We have so much fun. We're having a blast. We do know what we're doing most of the time, but we really love for the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And so really feel like this all-in series is setting the tone for what we're going to do for the rest of this year. How many are excited about spring? Um, so all in, I've, I've got to say, I've got to make an apology. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this right now. I want to ask you to forgive me for preaching so long last week. No, I'm not asking for you, oh, no, it's awesome, go ahead. No, I am seriously, honestly, I went and looked at how long I spoke last week, and I was ashamed. I am very sorry, I'm not going to do that this week. How many believe me? No. I'm very sorry, I really am. I, I really try to keep it within the confines of, and I want to be conscious of what, we're, what we need to do, because we got another service we're getting ready to add. Y'all know that, right? Coming up really soon, we're going to be adding another service, so man, you got to... Got to keep that thing, because I can't just keep preaching into the next service. I mean, that wouldn't work out, would it? Psalms 92 and verse 13, in the middle of our all-in series. Those who are planted, say it with me, those who are planted, say that one word, really big, I-N, say in. in. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. We are all about abundant life. We feel like that's what God has called us to do as a church, that each individual, we will not be happy until each individual that God sends to us is walking in abundant life in every area of their life. Every area. I'm just not going to be happy. We keep pushing for that and praying for that. So how do we get to abundant life? You have to have some flourishing going on. How do I get to a place of flourishing? I've got to be planted in the house of God. Verse 14. They shall steer be- still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Man, I love those two words. I found myself this week praying for those in my life. Lord, I want to be fresh and flourishing. When I walk into a room, I want people just to go, ah. I want every area of my life to be flourishing. I want my relationship with my wife to be abundant. My relationship with my boys to be abundant. We are not satisfied just getting by. So how do I get to that place? I've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. So last week, we talked about what does it mean to be in the house of God. And number one, it means to be involved. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, involved. Last week, we spent some time talking about the plant and the soil, and that the plant that is planted in the soil reaps the benefits from that soil, the enrichment. One of the worst, I believe one of the worst things about Nashville, Tennessee, is the people that have the most talent in the world that aren't flourishing because they're not planted. And they just skip around and move around. I'm not just talking about church hopping. I'm talking about marriage hopping, job hopping. Whatever it is. If you want to have something flourishing in your life, you got to put some roots down so when the wind comes and the rain comes, go listen to the teaching from last week. Yes, it was too long, but by listening to it online, you can skip around, okay? 
But we talked about the benefits that the soil gives to the plant. You need to be planted somewhere. I need to be planted somewhere. We all need to be planted. Get some roots down. But then we found out that the plant doesn't just benefit from the soil, but the soil benefits from the plant. God puts you in places and in situations so you can be a blessing where you are. As that tree begins to let its leaves die and gives a part of itself, that, those leaves enrich the soil. As the tree branch falls, as the tree dies, as the clover dies, whatever it is, as it begins to give itself into the ground, it enriches the soil. And so when you begin to give a part of yourself to where you're planted, it enriches that place. The other thing that stood out to me, as we talked about last week, is that the plant draws the toxins and the chemicals out of the soil and then converts it into a gas that it releases into the atmosphere so it's harmless. You and I can make the place that we're planted better by what we're exhaling. So if you're in a place that you don't like and all you exhale is, I hate this place, you're not making the place any better. But if you're taking up some toxins, it's not perfect. Church ain't perfect. Marriage ain't perfect. Jobs aren't perfect. Kids aren't perfect. School's not perfect. Everybody will say, there ain't no perfect. Some of y'all didn't say a word, much less even move your mouth. Everybody say, there ain't no perfect. Well, I'm an English major and I'm just not going to do that. There ain't no perfect. And so I know that, so by knowing that, I'm going to get planted, and instead of fussing and cussing about where I am, I'm going to try to draw some toxins out and find some good and some great and breathe that out into the atmosphere. So to be planted in the house of God means you are in? I mean, it's right there, right? To be planted in the house of God means you are in? Today we want to talk about to be planted in the house of God. You're not just involved, but you are investing. Did I hear some of y'all go, oh no, it's that sermon. Here we go. (laughs) I want to talk to you a little bit about investing in the kingdom of God. Investing in the house of God. There are three things that we invest, and you can write these down. And those of you that are going to be joining us next week, and most of you know about this, and I completely forgot to announce this. Uh, This Wednesday night, right here at the Knowles Center, we have our Next Steps Night. And that is where you learn more about the vision, the values of the church, and also where you can get plugged in and dive in. We spend about an hour and a half right together having a, a... It's fun. It's a blast. And you're going to know more about what God has called us to do. This Wednesday night at 6.30... We have child care. You can register at our Next Step Center or you can register online as well. How many are already registered and you're coming? Raise your hand. How many are not registered but you think you'd like to come too? Oh, cool. I love that. All right. So we'll give you a little more information at the end of service. Uh, Casey and April, don't let me forget to do that at the end of service to remind everybody about that. One other announcement I forgot about is we're having baptism next Sunday. Baptism. So if you want to get dunked, We've got a new baptistry, and if you want to get dunked, you can register for that at the Next Step Center as well. Uh, we have all-in shirts that we're going to be giving every person that gets baptized, and so you can bring some your own clothes. You can wear the all-in shirt, and we'll dunk you in the water. It'll be good. Three ways 
that we invest. And we'll be talking about these Wednesday night at our next steps night. You'll be hearing these things again. Our treasure, our time, and our talent. What you invest in the kingdom of God, what you invest in the house of God, are three things. Your treasure, your time, and your talent. We are a church that believes in giving. Now, y'all don't get quiet on me, okay? Y'all were amening about all the other stuff. We get to giving. I need y'all to stay with me, all right? We are a church that does not shy away from teaching on giving. Do you know that Jesus taught more about money than he talked about heaven or hell? Because he knew how important it was to us. And he knew if he could get us to have a concept and a mindset about money, that it would affect and impact every other area of our life. So let's talk about the treasure today. Let's talk about investing our treasure. Giving. Matthew 6 and 21 says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where you treasure, that's the place that you're all in. Wherever you're placing your money, that's where you're all in. Let me say something to you. If you want to know what you value, look at what you spend time on, what you spend money on, what you spend your talent on. That's your value. And I can say this, that you'll never complete the vision in your life until you understand your values. Vision means nothing if you don't have the right values. Because vision says, I'm going there. Values say, I'm going to make a decision right here, right now, today. The scripture says that whatever you value, that's where your heart's going to be. So we can talk about being all in. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a part. Yeah. But if you're not investing your treasure into it, that says that you're not completely all in. You invest in what you love. You invest in what you value. You invest in what you believe in. That's why it is important to us as a family that we are investing our time and treasure and talent into one another because that is a value of ours. You invest in that. There's a promised return on that investment. That's what I love about this. There's no other investment you can make that has this promise of a return. Read this in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 in the New Living Translation. It says, give and you will. How many of you have ever invested in something that you got nothing back on it? Yeah? Or maybe lost something on it. The scripture says, if you give, you will receive. Your gift will return in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. So here's what you do. I'm going to give, I'm going to invest into the kingdom of God. That is then taken, pressed down, shake it some more, press it down, shake it some more, pour some more in. Until there's so much that it is overflowing. Say it with me. Abundance. There is no way that we're going to be able to reach this city and touch the world if we're just surviving on what we have. At some point, there's got to be an overflow that we can begin to minister to other people. Hmm, I could just go for days on that right there. To make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. 
The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I'm telling you, that is a word for relationships. That is a word for employment. That is a word for everything. If you're upset about what you're getting, begin to question what are you giving. By the way, Elliot, when you pulled out that little slide guitar in the middle of that song, I almost tackled you on the stage. Malachi 3 and 10. Y'all with me today? Bring the whole tithe into the... Say it with me. Into the... Now let me talk about the storehouse. The storehouse was their local storehouse. So when the Bible talks about the storehouse, it is talking about your local assembly, your local church. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What he's saying is the place that you receive sustenance, the place that's going to be there for you when your kids are sick or it's time to get married or buried, the people that are going to show up when your baby's delivered. The people that are going to walk through you. The shepherds that are going to give you spiritual guidance and counsel. That's your storehouse. Let me just say something. I've said it before. But it is illegal for you to reap from a field that you have not sown in. You just don't roll into somebody's watermelon field and pick up watermelons and cantaloupes and tomatoes. You will get shot. But for some reason, we think we can just roll into a church and just get the singing and the speaking and and never invest back into it. That's illegal. What about your relationships? Do you think you can just roll into that girl's life and just have your way with her and never put a ring on it? I'm just being straight up honest. That is illegal. You gotta make an investment. If I ever needed a slide guitar, that would be the time right there. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the local church, that there may be food in my house. Listen to this. Test me in this, says the Lord. Test me. He throws a challenge me. Let's go. You wanna take me? Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Say abundant living. Hey, guests, we're glad you're here. Let me talk to the home folk for just a moment. We're, we're, we've got some buildings in this city that we've been walking around. We've got our eye on some buildings. If God would open up the door for us to have that building, it would change everything that we're doing right now. There's one building that I was up early this morning praying over, just God confessing, come on, Jesus. And then I hear the enemy go, boy, that's a lot of money. On this. We wouldn't even be thinking about that. To, to uh, give me 10, so, so how much can we give? Okay, I'm looking at doing this, and I begin to think, man, if we had overflow, if we just had, what if we give me to pray, God, I want you to give me enough that I can be in the ministry. You minister out of your overflow. So you want to walk into ministry, it requires more time in prayer, more time in study, more time, because you cannot give people what was meant for you. 
I've got to have enough coming in me and then even more that then I have something to minister to you. That's why some of you feel worn out and exhausted is because you're giving people bread you're supposed to be eating. You've got to have enough that you can give over, that everywhere you go, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. I don't know why you wouldn't want to receive that. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. We speak on abundance, and I look out, and people are like, hmm. I have abundance? I can have abundance? Overflow? Yeah, I want that. Receive it. How do we get it? This is how you do it. Simple. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Not only am I going to have overflow, but I'm going to prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. You ever feel like that the pests come after the stuff you got? You work, you work, you work, and here comes a little pest. And they just take it away. You know what I'm talking about. I had a guy the other day that said, it's always something. I think I'm getting ahead, and here comes something else. Got to replace something on the car, something on the house. The kids need shoes, and it's just always something, right? What if there was enough overflow that the always something didn't have to be a deal? Wouldn't that be great? Or present, prevent the pest from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields that will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. How many feel like that? You're just getting ready to have something come to fruition. And then it goes, Pfft. wait, it wasn't ready yet. He says, if you will bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, I'm going to prevent that will happen. And then the nations will call you blessed and yours will be a delightful land says the Lord Almighty. It's a competition. Test me in this. So let me say something to you. If this is your home church, I want to encourage you to bring the full tithe to your home church. If this is not your home church, I want to encourage you to bring the full tithe to your home church. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Who cares if you agree with it? Look at this promise. The, the promise, test me, he says. Where else do you hear God say, test me? What is the tithe? The tithe is 10% of what God brings into your life. 10% of your income, of what you bring in. 10% of that is a tithe that goes into the local storehouse. 10%. And it's also the first fruit. That's why it is so faithful. There's faith connected to it. Because you're taking the first part of it and you're giving that to God and that is what blesses the other 90%. That 10% breaks the curse off of the rest of it. Now you can study that in Scripture. Now the reason that the tithe is so important, the first fruit is so important, is because the first fruit requires faith, Emily. First fruit requires faith. Now here's the example. When the shepherd... When the mama would have her first little lamb, the scripture says, take that lamb and take it to the house of God. There was not a promise that that mama was going to ever have another lamb again. That could have been the only one. He has fed her. He has cared for her. This is, I'm talking about faith. So you and I can look at our check and go, well, I've got this much money, so 10% is that. So it doesn't take quite as much faith because you can see. But this was faith that was involved. 
So when you write that check or give that money or however it is that you do, that 10%, what it does is it shows God, I'm placing my faith in you. I mean, 10% is a pretty good return on something. You know what I mean? If you put money into a fund and it brings back 10%, you're happy for that. That, that can be a lot of money. to put. So there is faith by saying, I'm taking 10% and I'm giving it to God. Look at your neighbor and say, we're still talking about all in. So yes, we believe and we teach the tithe. And the reason we believe and teach the tithe is for your sake. Did you hear that? I believe it for my sake, for my children's sake. Here's what he says in Malachi 3, 8, and 9. This is right before what we just read. He said, will a mere mortal rob God? I love that. Would a mortal rob God? That's dumb, isn't it? To think you're going to, all right, hand it over. To God, who is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. Like, like he wouldn't know that you were about to rob him. He knows everything. And that he couldn't do anything about it. That's crazy. Like you could sneak up behind him when he's omnipresent. It doesn't work. Does that make sense to you that you would try to rob God? And he said, yet, y'all are idiots. Because you're robbing me. How do we rob you? In tithes and in offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. If you ever want to read a good book, read the whole in our gospel. Where this, he begins to speak about the fact that if every Christian in America would tithe, we could take care of world hunger. Just if every Christian would tithe. And you begin to look at the lack of tithing, how far below it is and way down here. Matter of fact, that's why we make sure that if you're a leader at the hills, that you believe in tithing and that you're tithing. We but the hills, we tithe 10%, at least 10% of everything that comes in goes immediately out to help widows and orphans and other ministries. It's just going out. Because we believe that when you do that, there is a blessing. Let me just say something. I'm probably not going to be able to finish the rest of this sermon because I promised you I wouldn't preach long. But let me say something. If you want to see some amazing blessing, begin to tithe not just on your personal income, but if you have a business, tithe on your business. But that is my personal. No, it's different. If you want to see God begin to astound you with what He does... Now, let me tell you about... Now, you, some of you will hear this on Wednesday night as you come. But we're not just preaching this because we need your money. We're preaching this because we believe it as a family. Chris and I, because we've set our mind to tithe and tithe above that, we have just watched God begin to bless us. From people rolling up to us to keys to brand new loaded out cars when our car wouldn't even make it down the road to people writing a check for our entire yearly salary when we didn't know where we were going to get the money. Not a week, not a month, a whole freaking year. To God saying, plant the church. We don't know how we're going to plant this church. And a guy says, I'm going to receive an offering for you guys on a Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. And I go, that is the worst time to receive an offering for anything. And by the time it was over, $150,000 had been given in one day. 
So when I talk about tithing, we believe it because we've seen it to be true. Anybody else here is a witness of God's blessing in your life because you've given? Well, the rest of y'all need to learn that blessing. Man, I feel all Pentecostal like a televangelist today. So is he. Now, you want to step into abundance? I want to move into abundance. Begin to make a commitment not just to tithe, but to also give offerings. Now, this isn't for everybody. The tithe is a commandment, all right? That's what it, you need to tithe. The offerings, that's where the blessings begin to happen. Because he says, you are under a curse. Why? Why are you under a curse? Because you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. So when people say, I'm paying my tithes, that's the wrong way to say it. That ain't your tithes. That's God's. Right off the top. That, you're giving that back to him. And I am letting you know this is yours in the very beginning. Offerings is on top of that, and it is something that you... Tithing is, I'm paying back what you've asked me to pay. Offering is, on top of what I've done, I'm going to submit and give to you an offering. That is when it begins to break open. When it is sacrificial. When you begin to step into, everybody say, we believe in giving and giving generously. Our church is founded upon that. You look everywhere you look, you're going to see three words. Loving, giving, living. We believe in loving passionately, giving generously, and living abundantly. And what we found is you can never step into abundant living if you don't move into generous giving. God loves a cheerful giver. How many of y'all dread writing those checks sometimes? You know what I mean. You just put that bill off as long as you can. Until they finally call and go, look, we got to have your money. And you got the money in the account, you just don't want to write the check, right? God loves a cheerful giver that says, man, I cannot wait to give to the kingdom of God. Man, what could we do? What could we do if we just all obeyed the word of God? What if we put our money where our heart was? I watched my mom today move around that speaker trying to see this little screen that we have right here. And I'm thinking, man, we got to get us a bigger screen. And then in my mind, I'm looking back over the totals and going, oh, how are we going to do that? We got to do that. We got we to make that happen. What if we had just enough overflow that it didn't matter? You want a screen? Let's get a screen. Let's get four screens. Let's get screens for the kids. Let's get screens for the school right over there. They don't have screens. Let's give them screens. Right across the road, right here, my wife went and met with Beth. Kids right across the road that don't eat. Kids across the road that are suffering. What if we had enough that they didn't have to worry about that? We can do it. We can do it. All we got to do is make a commitment that we're going all in. And when we do, my goodness... The blessings of God that begins to happen. The incredible things that God begins to to pour out upon our lives. 
And it's not just physically. It's not just monetarily. But it's spiritually. You begin to get revelations and guidance. And I was going to dive into another point today, but I'm not going to do it. We're going to save it for next week. And the series just keeps on rolling. I didn't realize that I be, as I began to speak about giving today, you know, as a pastor, you really dread speaking on giving because people begin to look at you and go, oh, you just want our money, preacher. I was talking with a lawyer the other day, and he and I were laughing and talking about kind of picking at each other. And he said, well, there's one common denominator. Everybody thinks that we just want their money. I'm not speaking this today because we need your money. Because God has given us a vision for this city. And I've learned that where God gives vision, He always gives provision. Always. I'm not saying this because we need your money. I'm saying this because you need to give. Because I need to give. I love that they're teaching it back at Hills Kids, that our kids are learning how to give. Next week, we're going to be doing baptism. And now, since I ran out of time, next week... We're going to be talking about the other facets of giving. Not just our treasure, but our time and our talent. Next week, we're going to be talking about diving in and serving, becoming and being a part of the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you just to get ready for that right now. I told you last week I was going to speak on giving this week, and y'all still showed up. So I'm telling you, next week, we're going to be talking about serving. We're going to be talking about being a part of the body of Christ. If you want to have abundance in your life, you can learn how to serve alongside other people. Let's stand today. Just mail, would you? We're going to do our offering time a little different today. And we didn't do offering at the end so you would give more. (laughs) It was actually a pretty good idea. We should have thought of that. (laughs) We're doing offering at the end today because I want us all to have an understanding of what it's going toward, what it's really all about. So I'd love for our ushers to come in just a moment. Come stand right here, right here. And then maybe some of you could stand right back there in the back along the along the hallway, in the uh, aisleways. Father, your word is so powerful. And it's sharp. And it's quick. Like a two-edged sword that divides asunder the soul and the spirit. God, your word cuts us. Just slices those things in us. Your truth slices those things. And God... Today, I believe that you have given folks a revelation of what you've called them to do and to be. There are people in this room right now that out of their tithe alone, they will build orphanages. They will help us build homes for widows. In this room right now are people that just off of their tithe, you're going to bring about such strategy in their life. They're going to write songs, scripts, schematics. They're going to have business ideas and inventions. You're going to give them wisdom on how to be good stewards of their money and not go into debt. And just from their tithe, I'm believing this within the next year or two, just in their tithe, they're going to help us do things that we never thought we could do. 
Lord, I want to say right now that I want to go on record. I want to set the record of writing the biggest tithe check of this church ever. I want it, Lord. I want to do it. I pray, God, you begin to move on our hearts to be generous givers. That as you begin to bless, we don't think how we can hoard or how we can store it away, but we begin to think about how can we give, who can we minister to, who can we help. Forgive me for my greed, Lord. Forgive me for being greedy and thinking about me and mine. Change my heart. And begin to consider you and your kingdom and your ways. Help me begin to put my treasure where my heart is and what I really value. I thank you for that today, God. Before we give today, I want to give someone a chance to give their heart to the Lord this morning. Today, you'd like to pray a prayer that changes your life. And maybe it's going to be the first time you prayed it. Maybe you've prayed it before, but there's something different today. Maybe as a kid, you gave your heart. But today, it's more than lip service. You could have been raised in a Christian home, but never have really walked it out. As I began to talk about giving today, and you begin to have an understanding, I don't know that I've really given everything. But today... You want to make that commitment to give your heart completely to the Lord. We're going to all pray this prayer together. Some of you for the first time. I love that. We had four last week. Pray that prayer and make a next step. Man, that excites me. Today, today, today. Maybe you're going to rededicate it, but I think we all need to pray it. Let's just raise your right hand, that hand of agreement, hand of authority, and just say it after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for all that you are. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the greatness. I thank you that you own everything. And you don't need what I have. But I need to give what I have. Break the greed off of me. Break the selfishness off me. Today, I give you first and foremost my heart and my mind. I open myself up to you. Come live within me. Fill me with your spirit. And help me live an abundant, overcoming life. Come on, say it loud. Help me live an abundant, overcoming life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or you rededicated your life, we want to celebrate with you today. Just raise your hand. We're not going to make you go do anything. Just raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you today. A rededication. Come on, man. I prayed for you this week. I remembered you from last week. I prayed for you. You too? Yeah, I love that. There we go. There we go. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that.